eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another unforgettable installment of your favorite podcast, In Bed with Nick and Megan, featuring the kingly Nick Offerman. Good evening. And his helpmate, Megan Mullally. And (laughs) today, very, very specially featuring Margaret Cho. How did we ever book her? Oh my gosh. Hi, Margaret. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. I just feel like we want to woo you into being friends with us, and we're trying to figure out how to put our best foot forward. I would love it. I think I used to see you at that Mexican restaurant on Ventura. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, you mean like after, after, you know tapings that kind of thing yes probably mexicali or even um was it the one it's like near laurel canyon is that mexicali yeah uh yeah Mm -hmm. it is uh, this is the one i know because i would that's the only time i would be over there is when i would go with megan after will and grace tapings right for margaritas oh yeah yummy I love that. Well, we didn't get to spend the kind of quality time that I would have liked to have then. So let's try to make up for that now. We'll make up for lost time. Yeah, let's do it. Um, So I want to mention that um, you are a not very well-known international art thief. We've established that already in our pre-podcast musings because uh, we're... We're on Zoom with you right now, and we can see this kind of fabulous piece of art behind you on the wall. And you said that um, it was procured under suspicious circumstances. In Kathmandu, during a general strike, when they have the general strikes, you can't do anything. And uh, 
So uh, uh, I was, uh, but I was determined to buy this Tonka because um, they're all, the, they're, they're all, I just come from Tibet and I thought um, I have to have all of this, these Tonkas around the, the uh, Tonka, not, not a Tonka truck, a Tonka T-H-A-N-K-A. Okay. Explain what that is for those of us like me who don't know what it is. They're, uh, they're I think, different. Um, the religious paintings, they're all of the Buddha in all the different forms. Oh, I didn't know that's what they were called. Okay. Uh. Beautiful. They're kind of... Um, they're all sort of the same. I actually, when I was in Tibet, I went to a Tonka school where they would uh, show you how to do it. And, it. and in a way, it's a little bit all paint by numbers because they're all the same. Um, <laughs> they want to have a uniform quality to all of them. Um, so, but I wanted to have one. And so I, I, I bought it against the law when I was in Kathmandu. Uh-huh. Nice. It also, I like a rebel. It reminds me of, uh, am I wrong in thinking that it's reminiscent of your tattoos? Yes, they seem like they're of a piece. I have a lot of tattoos, um, but those uh, I don't have any um, tonkas of tattoos. I think I think um, there are people do get tattoos of them. Um, I don't have any Buddhas, but I do have lotus like lotus like blossoms and uh, peonies and things like that. So um, nice. yes, that, they they are reminiscent of tattoo art. I I had like a long time ago, I had my colors done because I thought I'm not going to wear makeup. I'm just going to have everything in my house flatter my skin. So I did all of the walls and, and uh, decor in um, colors that would flatter my skin. But of course, uh, I still have to make makeup on top of that because I can't stop gilding the lily. <laughs> well, you look terrific. They really do. <laughs> um, I don't have any tattoos, but I was thinking, uh, like, starting when I turn like seventy-ish, I might just start, like, just do my entire body. I think so. I think it's like you know, everybody should experience it. Maybe um, you know, at any point. I think it's hard if you're an actor because then you want to be able to transform into anything and having a tattoo really roots you in the reality of one kind of person. So mm-hmm. in a sense, um, it's hard for actors to get them. It is. I, when I first, I, I have only two tattoos, one on each bicep of my arms because I'm a swaggering uh, macho sailor. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was like age 20 and 21 when I got my tattoos. And one of my theater professors just about took me out to the woodshed. He was so upset with me, yelling at me, simply saying, and he, and he's he's my kabuki teacher. So he's my sensei. He's this beautiful Zen artist. And he, so it wasn't just, you know, that's terribly impractical, you idiot. He was saying, you're an actor, your body is your canvas. And now every time you start a painting, you have already have graffiti on your wall. And and I said, you shut up. (laughs) Punched him in the face. Yes, it's true. And they're very hard to cover up when you uh, actually have to. So I I would say... um, you know, I think if you're an actor, it's probably not not the best decision. But I, I grew up around people who were very tattooed and were getting full body suit tattoos in uh, the 70s and the 80s. So I'm a very early um, adopter to that kind of stuff. So I, I do love tattooing. And I, I think, um, you know, I just I, I just wear more clothes in general if I'm acting. 
Sure. Yeah, because <laughs> now you have to get the permission of the tattoo artist. Um, that's like a, a whole other level has been added to it. Right. The only ones that are controversial is that I have ones on my butt cheeks that are it's like two women facing each other. And <laughs> that artist uh, is very is is very um, I don't know. He's strict about the way that he wants his tattoos uh, put out in the media. I mean, not that my, uh, butt would be out at any time. <laughs> I mean, it's not out much. It's out right now though, dear listener. I just, I must, I want you to uh, <laughs> feel you need to visualize what's happening right now. Those ladies are really looking at each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, yeah, their, their noses kind of go like around, uh, my butthole. <laughs> but both looking at my butthole and like why would you be that protective of that image I mean it's like a it's just it's dumb but it, you know they're very protective that's of their words so, that's so funny well we asked you to pick a topic for today and you picked probably one of the most interesting topics we've had if not the most interesting self-care and self-comfort yes Yes. Also mm. known as self-care and masturbation. What? Yes. Or is my misreading You got it backwards. Masturbation is very important, especially now, especially in this day of kind of being with oneself all the time. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, it's, some, it's a way of self-soothing mm-hmm. and a way of self-regulating. And uh, diminishing your anxiety. Yeah, it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, also, we have time. Anything, uh, that's what we have <laughs> a lot of. Yeah, you got like an extra spare 10 minutes. Yeah. But we can take well, more no. time now with that. Uh, you could uh, have a, a, a quite a romance with yourself if you want to. You could have a bath before mm, or nice. after or whatever is your fancy. Yeah. Cute. But yeah, I think it's meaningful. I think that th- these are the things that we have. Um, but self-soothing in general, whatever form that takes. So like what else are you thinking? Um, I have been playing. What do you do? The melodica, which is a. Uh, <gasps> really? It's kind of like a, a harmonica, but it's not. It It's it's like a, a tube and it's kind of a jokey instrument because it's sort of like pe- you people sort of associate it with like the uh, accordion. But the accordion is actually really beautiful. They're very hard to play because it's combination bellows and uh, piano. Um, and the melodica, again, also is the same thing. It's like a bellows and a piano. So I'm, I'm trying to work my way around it. Oh, my gosh. Where did you where do you get a melodica? A melodica? Oh, I just bought it on on uh, on Reverb.com, which is oh, uh, my yeah. favorite uh, website. That's a great website. Wait, is this a new, a newish acquisition or something you've been working on for a while? No, I just got the melodica a couple of days ago because I thought this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn how to play the melodica, and I'm not good, but I, I still, I have one now. It was forty dollars. You know what? Uh, there's, you know, there's great. been a lot of chatter, obviously, about what to do during all this, you know, time we're suddenly find ourselves with, and that's it hadn't occurred to me, but it's a brilliant idea. It's ideal right now to learn a musical instrument mm-hmm. because or learn a language. You can't be around the people. You know, if if you can get to where people can't hear you, yes, then you, then you can get through the really awkward phase where it sounds uh, untenable. 
Right. Which is, I mean, most of the music that I, I make it, it, you don't, nobody wants to hear it. And I think that's good, you know, because it, I want to hear it. Like I enjoy just making sounds and I live alone, fortunately, so I can make all of the sound that I like. And my house is sort of set apart from other houses, so I can mm. really be loud. Um, probably Ooh, not good. the best because I, if I get uh, murdered here, you couldn't <laughs> hear that either. But, you know, no. I'm, I'm willing to well, take we that. We promise not to murder you, you if that helps. That's two people you don't have to worry about. I'm so glad. I feel safe. <laughs> but yeah, making music helps. Um, anything creative helps. Uh, but, you know, like I think people have this need right now to think that we have to be productive. And mm-hmm. that that's sort of a I don't I don't care to be productive. I don't care. Yeah. I just want to, like, be comfortable. Yeah, me too. I don't feel any pressure to, you know, come out of this at the end of it with seven new talents and a, you know, the great American novel. I just, I really am just every day I'm like, okay, well, what do I really feel like doing right now? And I think that that's a great luxury for all of us. And and there's something really uh, important about that and elemental and uh, it's it's got to be healthy very healthy in a lot of ways I mean it, unless you know what you're doing is making you more anxious like if you're watching the news 24 7 that's probably not good but no it's it's yeah it's scary to watch the news I mean we're already in a lot of fear anyway and I already I myself am such a germaphobe like I'm really afraid of any <laughs> illness whatsoever yeah so this is like it's nightmare upon nightmare and i had just worked um right before we went into this lockdown situation i had worked with howie mandel and uh Mm. so he and i was the original germaphobe yeah yeah just being upset about who was going to get sick and how this was going to make us sick and he was upset because he had not um had not the opportunity to create a lot of antibodies in a system because he's never allowed himself to be sick or he doesn't doesn't like any of that. So he was extra worried. And then I was extra worried on top of it. And it was like we were trying to get on top of the fear. And so fear doesn't help. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, we've limited our we've got, you know, we've got our phones all day long with bulletins popping up, but we've limited our actual, you know, television news intake to about half an hour to an hour a night just to get, you know, just so we know what's happening and the facts and figures and yeah. I mean, that's I think that's a healthy thing. Um but bad news seeps in. Well, like today, mm-hmm. um I think probably my favorite uh modern songwriter Adam Schlesinger's passed away from this disease from from COVID and that's such an awful thing like what an awful what a huge loss I mean I'm really I'm really just very upset about that so you know it's just being being pummeled with bad news constantly it's it's a very it's it's difficult yeah we were watching MSNBC last night and I just we we really hadn't put in our full you know quota yet, and I just said I we gotta start watching some reality television because I'm about to burst into tears. Yeah, it was just way way too much. Just the numbers, you know. Uh, it's it's 
really. I don't. There's not even a word. I don't even. You know. You know. You can't even put a. It's hard to describe. But we're all in it together. You know. That is the one thing that I think is um, is that it is a very uniting kind mm-hmm. of experience, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that that in itself is is something that's comforting. Although I'm also worried about the the um, violence towards Asian Americans because of all of this. You know, mm-hmm. part of this is really. Um, kind of made people want to blame somebody and mm-hmm. um well when you call it the china chinese virus i mean it's it's just it defies comprehension yeah so it's a it's a that's a scary kind of a thought too it's like oh having to deal with uh racism on top of that that it, it is a very you know it's kind of um I don't know. There's lots of different things that make it very scary. Well, yeah, I agree. And there's and there's so much stupidity around that, too. I mean, very early on, um, people know everybody stopped going to Chinese restaurants as if that somehow had anything to do with it. You know? Yeah, it's a really it's a really scary thing. But I mean, that's why I think self-comforting and um, self-care um, Mm -hmm. comes in handy because you're dealing with a lot of this, like suffering all over on a lot of different levels. So a sheet mask really gets down to the the heart of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a sheet mask, I'll do a a hands and and feet mask. I Mm. I won't get in there because I can't go to that. You can't go to the salon to get. That's the thing is that my gel is hanging on for like a month. Oh, I know. Everybody's freaking out over their gels. Yeah. (laughs) But what about your roots? Do you have uh, do you have hair dye? Well, I do uh, my own roots. uh, This is very Asian with squid ink. It's a squid ink hair color. So I (laughs) I'm pretty. That is the dopest fact i've never heard that <laughs> there's korean hair color hot hair dye that you can do by yourself that's made of squid ink and i had bought a whole bunch of it in koreatown a couple of months ago and i'm glad i have that so now that's i can go back and do but i can't get the back so but it's fine if i get the front is that that's all i need yeah that's all i need i know um yeah all of that stuff i i one of the first one of the first things that I ordered online when the shit started to go down was uh, just a shitload of skincare products. Because I was like, well, my skin's going to look fucking amazing at the end of this. Well, your skin always looks great. Now, what is your what is your regimen? What do you use? Are you? Uh- I don't know. I, I got a whole bunch of different kinds. And uh, it's all I like the all natural ones like naturopathica is a good one. And there's a line called Osea, O-S-E-A. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them, yeah. Are they, are they really good, yeah. They're like so, original clean beauty uh, people. That, that They're very, very good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're on the same wavelength <laughs> in that regard. I'm using love, a lot uh, of heavy retinols. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been doing that too. I'm going hard with the retinols. <laughs> Do you do skincare too? I don't usually do that. What is a retinol, may I ask? Um, it's Acid. 
Uh, oh yeah, God. it's I, from Retin-A. It kind of, sure, sure. you know, it's like a peel. I'm just kidding. Of course, I know what those are. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I love skincare products. I love uh, lava soap. It has. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pumice. It's it it pumice. Mm-hmm. It's yes. very it's abrasive. There's not a wood glue that's been made that can stand up to lava soap. <laughs> Oh gosh, he's not really kidding though. Is the no lava soap is um it's actually a good thing to have. Like I always think of, I always confuse that with Irish Spring because I want to cut it. I want to like whittle it down, like in an Irish Spring commercial. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. What were some of your favorite TV shows growing up? Were you really into TV? I was. I was. Um, I loved uh, Good Times because mm-hmm. there was a feeling of anarchy in the audience. And best theme song ever. They're the best theme song. I always loved JJ's artwork. I liked mm-hmm. The Family. Yeah. And I liked that, uh, that the, the, in the audience you could have a whole bunch of different reactions like... Uh, Sometimes people would gasp, you know, um, <laughs> at, you know, when in fear that there was a I lot remember. of different things happening. Um, so I like that kind of I like when there's disorder in the audience. Um, you would hear that sometimes a little bit in like uh, AbFab, like the early seasons of AbFab when they were showing it on Comedy Central here in America. You would see that there was a little bit of that kind of like lawlessness in the audience and people really getting excited. Um, yeah. So I like that. I like I liked uh, really old Saturday Night Live when they used to have um, comedians on like uh, Andrew, Andy Kaufman or Joan Rivers or um, George Carlin would do sets. Steve mm-hmm. Martin, of course, classically do sets. Um, and then uh, there was a lot of reruns. So I always liked the, the shows like uh, the Patty Duke show. Yeah. Who uh, was always really great, and I ended up uh, becoming friends with her a little bit later in life. And uh, she uh, she was always a good one for Hollywood 
talk. Um, she oh. she was going to go to um, Sharon Tate's house because she had an argument with Sharon Tate because I think that they she had something to do with uh, the, like the rental of the, the property. And then she was going to go over there the night that they were all murdered. But <gasps> she didn't want to because she had a cold and didn't want to pass it on to Sharon Tate. So she ended up not showing up. And oh. um, I thought that was a really an amazing thing that oh, that night she would have been there. So that's crazy. Wow. Patty Duke was always somebody that I always thought, wow, she's somebody that like, I, I just, I'm so grateful that I got to know. And, um, but somebody that I idolized, which she was identical cousins on her television show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that they could do that show back then with, you know, without the technology, Yes, that we have now, and I pull never it saw off. That show did she? She played cousins on the on she the Patty Duke show because they're cousins, identical cousins, and you're fine. Yeah, but you would just see like the shoulder of one, and then the scene happened, and then I don't know how it was always like shoulder perspective of the other cousin. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I bought it. I thought, Crazy. yeah, she's two people. <laughs> I thought it seemed very, very convincing. Um, and what about movies? Like what? Well, of course, like Star Wars was a very, um, mm. a very big thing. I remember the first time seeing Star Wars, I had a boyfriend. I must have been like seven years old. And I had. Yeah, because a- you're about 10 years younger than me. And I was 18. So. Okay. But yeah, I'm surprised that I had a boyfriend, but he and I went to uh, the movies. We went to the premiere, I guess, not the premiere, but the uh, San Francisco opening of uh, Star Wars. And we went with his parents and his parents in line on the way going into the theater smoked a joint. And it was so shocking. Where were you? Where were you? We were at in San Francisco uh, going to the Coronet Theater, which is on Gary. Yeah. And uh, so we were in line and his parents smoked a joint and we yeah. just and he was unfazed. But I was I, in shock. And I because I, I kind of knew what it was, even though I probably shouldn't yeah. have known. Mm-hmm. Now, here you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was um, I was in Los Angeles that summer when I was 18 and I I went to uh, it was. um one of those theaters in Westwood, it was that one that's like on Wilshire Boulevard. It's like a big freestanding one. And um, we went and waited. It was the very first time that I think it, it was the first time that there were lines around the block for a movie. And it was the opening weekend. And we we waited and waited and just all these other, you know, basically young people out there just yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, and then when the movie started, do you remember just being like so freaked out because nothing, nobody had ever seen anything like that. When they hit oh, warp yeah. speed, like the whole theater started screaming. Yes, yes, because we would all just brace ourselves. I mean, even just the beginning with the scroll of the galaxy far, far away. You know, just having yeah. all of this stuff. I mean, there were so many things about it that were so innovative that we'd never seen, yeah. and. Um, and also parents smoking joints, also never seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like um, I'm uh, clearly a, a, a cis, a straight, white guy, grew up in small town, Illinois. It's okay, honey. And I'm, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm recovering. Um, but I, 
growing up the my my um my grandfather took my older sister to san francisco one time for a trip and uh she came back with like somebody had done a caricature drawing of my grandfather on a streetcar and so as i grew up and learned and you know began to consume culture and music and film and books san francisco was always this like magical like of of all the the american cities that was where that was by far the grooviest mm-hmm. land of oz oh yeah and so you were kind of were about the same age like growing up well you would there, have been the your lori would have been the exact same age yeah my sister would have been your same age and so i, I wish we could have been pen pals because it took me almost to like age 30 to where i i'd been a few times to california but like I, I had a really hard time like wrapping my head around the reality of San Francisco and Los Angeles also to an extent of how uh, you are well, like everything is permitted. You know, these, mm. these cities, I guess in a way it's what, what has been come to call be called sanctuary cities. But I, I consider that kind of for everybody. Like there's a general sense and of course there's assholes any place, but there's a general sense in these cities whoever you are, you can find love and respect and whatever you want to try, you can try it here. And it's creative. Yeah, that's creative. And I mean, but there's also like stuff that I remember um, the negativity of things like that, that because things were so open and people would sort of kind of be fearless about stuff, you, uh, you would run into situations. Like I remember 1978 being a very big deal because that was the year that um, Harvey Milk uh, and George Marsconi were assassinated. And then a few mm. weeks later, uh, the um, Jonestown massacre happened because Jonestown with the People's Temple, which is the church that was uh, the the Jonestown crew came from, is was from San Francisco. And it was uh, right in um, the neighborhood that I grew up in. So oh, that wow. that that <sighs> thing of like, um, you know, I think because of the because uh, the People's Temple was really a part of. San Francisco in that there was a church that was trying to welcome all races and be inclusive and be um, a different kind of form of religion. I mean, I, I can see like like now you look back in history and think of it as a very negative, terrible thing, which it is. But the initial thing was the spirit of um, everything being permissible and mm-hmm. for this new kind of church to occur. So there were so many bad things that I think about it when I think about San Francisco back then and 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 the permissive nature of it and hippies and all of that i mean it all can go bad in la of course you had charlie manson and so there's a different layer that there's a sinister um element to uh, living in california it's the yin and the yang right because um you know like i grew up in oklahoma city and everything was just kind of like this you know there's like Something would be kind of good and then something would be kind of bad, but not really, not really that good and not really that bad. Everything was kind of in the middle somewhere and probably same with Nick. But then when you live in some of these bigger metropolitan areas where there are so many great pluses that you don't have elsewhere, then you also get the minuses to balance But then I think um, Oklahoma City now just this week is very famous for being where the Tiger King is from. 
Yeah, he's from, I know, he's from um, a a town outside of Oklahoma City, but I have to say as completely uh, preppy as the neighborhood is where I grew up and suburban and all of that, and that guy, um, Joe, exotic as completely uh, un, you know, orthodox as he is, he reminds me of... Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, you recognize it. You can see Yeah, it. I recognize him for sure. Don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird. Like, there are people there who have that eccentricity, even if it's in the context of, you know, their eccentricity is just drinking a lot of booze and cheating on their wives. They're, they have these big personalities. It's it's really interesting. I like the, the eye ring. It's like, that's the one thing that I couldn't stop watching during that whole series is that the eye, eye yes. like ring that when he talked it would shake yeah and i was like that's gonna fall out and and there was a photo of him from uh, when he was really young and he had it so he'd had it forever but it was like what is it attached to because it's like people don't get that eye skin pierced that often. I mean, I guess it may have been an eyebrow ring and it may have grown out or <laughs> he'd plucked his eyebrows around. I'm not sure. I don't know, but I just got a little thing on my phone today that he is in coronavirus isolation in prison right now. His boyfriend has announced just as of today, Joe Exotic. Oh, man. His his boyfriend or his husband, Daryl Husband. Passage? <laughs> His husband Daryl Passage, excuse me. And I think he now goes right. by Joe Maldonado Passage. That's right. If memory serves. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I th- oh um, man. We had to keep. He had that um, very European real last name, which he then turned into Joe Exotic. And then, as we went through the series uh, for the different like real estate scams. Uh, he kept taking the names of these hapless, lovely young men that uh, he kept wedding. Yeah, I like their um, the group wedding with the three of them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was really touching. I mean, I I thought I've never uh, I've never even thought about um, a triad like that before, but. Yeah, it was groovy. Okay, so let me let me clear up the story here. So he was transferred from a, another jail where there were some cases. So he doesn't have it as of right now, but they've put him in COVID-19 quarantine. Because he came from a jail where it existed. They, so, there were cases at the other so jail. So he's not presenting, but because we have no tests, there's no telling. And he actually. told this to, of course, none other than Andy Cohen on his Sirius XM. Yeah, Andy's going to get all over Immortal that scoop. Radio wow. Show. Yeah, so let's get back to our self-care and uh, self pampering and so let's see so i'm all, i'm kind of always on the self you know care you take train insane care of yourself i mean you <laughs> you are you were born beautiful oh, but megan uh more than anybody i've ever met because she, she obviously is also very talented i've never seen anybody like in my mind, growing up, when I would like laugh at somebody in a movie, for some reason, 
Chris Rock always springs to mind. I always thought, man, it'd be so great to be that funny because you could just go to work and you probably smoke a joint in your trailer and they're like, hey, Chris, we're ready for you to come do your scene. And you come out and you're like, hey, I'm Chris Rock. Here's my fucking hilarious scene. And they're like, you're amazing. Here's a bag of weed. Go take a break. <laughs> and then you, you know, I work hard and I follow my path and I get to where I get to like be in TV and movie scenes. And you realize the last thing you can do is, you know, be intoxicated in any way. Like you want to be, I mean, I mean, generally there are people who uh, like to take the edge off, but that that's it's still it's not intoxication it's people um defeating like stress to a certain extent so i've i've worked with people who like had to get high but that's it's because they were too scared to go on stage without it right they like use it almost like a beta blocker right mm. and it it's like people who wake and bake it's it's they they don't use it for enjoyment they use it to try and find an e a level of equilibrium right it's to regulate it's like to self-regulate and i think that that's a yeah. viable use for that absolutely sure i mean my best friend uh smokes a ton of weed and it's it's a thing like you know he's in his 50s and it's a thing where it's like if if it was me that would be a terrible i would have to go to like uh I'd have, I'd have to go to AA and like get off it. But for him, it's a self-regulation, a mm -hmm. form of self-care. But I, I jumped us off the rails of I was what I was saying is, uh, Megan, I've never seen anybody with, uh, you know, she is the Chris Rock of this household. <laughs> and nonetheless, Thanks, whatever she's working on, <laughs> she works so hard, whether she's singing a song at a benefit or doing a movie or doing a TV show. She is doing her homework. She like goes into a room and shuts the door and like works it and works it and works it and makes it as good as possible. And in the same way, she's so disciplined as long as I've known her in just taking care of her skin. She washes herself more. I mean, I, I take a <laughs> bath every Sunday. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a hog. Um, but it's we have a barrel out in the back. That's very uh, turn of the century. Like, you know, where all the family gets like one hot bath and then they all <laughs> yeah. go and like uh, according to age. Yeah. He lets me go first. But, <laughs> that's nice. But yeah, that's I, I admire. I just have always admired Megan's discipline because, you know, I try to keep myself presentable. But well, you know, yeah, I don't I'm not fastidious about my appearance though there's just sort of two different things so yeah I take good care of my skin but I never get manicures and pedicures um part of it is just because I'm lazy um I do get my hair colored so those are the two main things but then I guess the the other stuff that I do that's probably more important is I I try to eat healthy and I don't drink and I don't do drugs and you know that kind of stuff yeah. And that's really important. I mean, it, but, but appearance counts for so much when you're a woman in Hollywood that mm. that there's so much of that, like our work really is maintaining a, appearance of whatever that is. I mean, it, it it's really across the board for women in entertainment is that we have to take care of our bodies and our skin and everything because it's it's part of the work. It's 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 not fair but it just mm -hmm. happens to be. Uh, and then, you know, part of that, too, is like 
Well, it's the one part of, I guess, work that is is kind of gratifying. And it is, you know, uh, again, like self-care, it's like it sustains itself, you know, especially for like on the road and doing shows like on stage and traveling all the time or you're doing a, a shoot and you're uh, going in for early call times. You just want to make sure that your skin is OK and um, you're wearing a lot of makeup for the lights and cameras and whatever. So mm-hmm. you just want to make sure that an HD ruined it. For so oh, many yeah. of us, oh, yeah. so <laughs> HD really fucked us up. So now yeah. we gotta be. We, I have to be Thanks, very HD. diligent. Yeah, yeah. It, it arrived just in time for our wrinkles and jowls. Yeah, thanks. Um, don't you feel like? Don't you feel like it's starting to change a little bit though? Because uh, with each passing, you know, season of television, primarily, I see more and more actresses. I, I'm not going to talk about the guys because they can look anyway, and nobody cares. But with the women, I I see more and more uh, women who don't conform to that you know they don't seem to be trying at all or that nobody seems to care if they're trying or not like they don't seem to be expected to have to try and I think that's a great relief it's a great relief and also different kinds of beauty are uh, appreciated and Mm -hmm. um and that's really important too yes because that's life you know I mean There are five people who look like, you know, Jennifer Lopez, and she's one of them. And then everybody else looks like us, you know, or just (laughs) relatively attractive. You're two two very very, beautiful ladies. Well, very attractive in our own way, but not, you know, not Jennifer Lopez. I'm just not going to work as hard as Jennifer Lopez. Like, I, I don't care to do all that I know that she does because that's part of her persona too, is that she's so driven to hang on to this body. Yeah. Oh, it's the time. Yeah. The time that goes into it. I mean, to have to work out, you know, for two or three hours a day, every day and, uh, all of those things. I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's a whole other career, basically. Um, it's so time consuming. And also I, I don't know, I would just like to think that, um, it's, it's better to just let it turn out the way that it's supposed to, that was going to turn out without. I think it's more fun just to not have to worry that, that much about it, you know? And, um, Mm. you know, and I, I think she's great. She does her, which is great. I just couldn't, I couldn't have the energy I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the stamina for all of it. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, yes, exactly. To each their own. I'm glad that Jennifer Lopez does it because I think she's beautiful. I like looking at her. But um, and she's inspiring. I mean, she is. But you but you said it well. She does her, and it's and and there is an element of heroism, like you know, it's it's a, sort of a hybrid between an artist and an athlete, where whereas. I think it. I think it seems like I could say of the three of us, we're more interested in uh, interesting and provocative thought and and notions. Well, and not that she's not, you know. <clears throat> right. But 
I, I now I feel bad that I used her as an example, but I think you know I'm just trying to make a point. Yeah, totally. Because I've I you know she did three episodes of Well and Grace over the years, um, and so I've you know I've seen her around at a couple of things, and I think it a lot of it it's she's just naturally like that. <laughs> Some people are just like that. Yeah. But I think she is definitely inspiring that that there's a thing of like, you know, when when we as women go into our 50s, that there's something that like, you know, we have to leave behind the ingenue, but we don't have to. We can just keep on incorporating the ingenue as another aspect of who we are as JLo has, you know, so that, mm. I think that in that she's a great role model for women in their 50s. Like it doesn't have to be over. It can just be beginning, which is great. Yeah, she seems like she's come, you know, she's getting very powerful now. Um, and she she kind of always was, but in a different way. And and I feel that, too. I think, you know, as as I get older, I feel better about myself and better about, you know, speaking my mind and standing up for myself, those kinds of things. And uh, I think you've always been really good about that, though. See, I didn't really have that innately, but you seem like you're pretty strong in that way. Well, I think we have to be in comedy, especially because like the the way that um, there aren't that many female comedians and that that, you know, we have to sort of make our presence known and 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 be more forceful about uh, our rights and our needs or whatever. So I think it's a, it's kind of an aspect of that. I don't think I'm naturally inclined to be really um, that that forceful of a person. But I think because of stand up comedy, like I have to be just because I can't survive without it. That might be mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what was the first thing that because I would you know when I was younger I would have been petrified to you know try being a stand-up or even to do improv comedy or anything like that. But what was the first thing that made you think, uh, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to give that a shot? Well, I was so young and I was doing comedy shows like at 14 and 15 and I, I, I wasn't alone. I had a comedy partner at first. It was Sam Rockwell, who's, of course, a very famous actor. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's he was amazing. in my school and our teacher would sign us up for these open mic nights, which I look back now and I think that's actually really inappropriate. But I'm glad that she did because it got us out of this uh, thing of like, oh, let's be doing this at night. And um, we, were, we were going to this comedy club and, and doing shows and um, people like uh, Paula Poundstone would be doing shows like, you know, the same club or Dana Carvey. Um, Robin Williams sometimes. And, you know, so there was there was this presence of like really great people. And then it just shoved me into this community that I really wanted to belong to, even though I was a really little kid. So I kind of didn't even know what I was doing until I was already in it. Um, So that's probably good. I was just not not old enough to be scared. Mm hmm. Oh, man, that's so cool. That's that's astonishing. Uh, And and speaking of self-care, um, I, I'm a theater actor. I started in Chicago theater as did Megan. Um, she's from Oklahoma city, but she went to Northwestern. So she started doing, uh, Chicago musicals and plays and, um, and I did stuff as a kid in Oklahoma city actually. So, but we both came into the business, With through, you know, via the, the doing straight plays, uh, working in the theater versus, 
the the path of stand up or sketch and improv comedy that a lot of our friends followed. And so only in recent years, I've started, um, I sort of backed into, I started touring as a comedian and I, I do shows now and I really love it. I never expected to do that, but what I'm driving towards is I'm, I'm curious, speaking of self care, what is your situation when you do, cause I know you do, you've done, you know, big 38 city tours. What do you, what, what's your deal? Like, what is your rider? How do you take care of yourself? I mean, starting with just your scheduling, yeah. do you do a, do you do a city every night or do you give yourself a day between? No, I usually do every night and then I'll probably like, it's probably pretty easy cause I just do weekends. So I'll do like, I'll go out like on a Thursday and then do a weekend at a comedy club or I'll do uh a city and a night for like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then mm. take the rest of the week off. So it's not as um, intense. Like I don't, some people like get in a bus, do the tour bus thing and they go from city to city. And I, that's like more like rock star touring. But for me, I think it's more comfortable just to do, um, you know, like a weekend at a time. And then I can come back to, to, to town, to LA or New York for the week. Um, but it, it's too hard for me to do every single night, I think. Because you, mm-hmm. you have to like expend a lot of it. Doesn't, doesn't it. You expend a lot of energy when you do these live shows. Sure. Especially if you do two. Do you ever do two a night? That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's it's not, you know, you're, you're, I don't do any acrobatics or anything, but you're, you're mm-hmm. burning. You're responsible for the entirety of the light that the audience is seeing. Like the, the wattage depends entirely on you. And I well, sweat so much in my face. My face is sweating so... Doesn't your face really sweat when you perform? <laughs> He's an equal opportunity sweater. I think every yeah. square inch yeah. is, sque- is sweaty on this guy. I just... Yeah, I, I lightly schwitz. Um, and what do you, what about your rider? How do you comfort yourself with... Um, nothing. I find, I find that really interesting from comic to comic. I just have... Um, I'll have like sparkling water on there. Um... I, uh, I have, uh, oh, I used to eat a lot of the kind bars. Sure. It's a good, it's a good bar. (laughs) And, um, sometimes cheese, sometimes olives. Although lately I haven't been doing that as much. Um, so I have a pretty limited writer. There's not really a lot on there. Um, just cause I, I just don't really need that much there. Maybe I, I used to have wine and stuff like that, but I don't drink alcohol anymore. So that has, no, I don't either. That's made it easier not drinking because you know yeah. then, then it's actually a lot easier to get up early and you have more energy. I have more energy. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you sleep better. Yeah, for know. sure. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's another misconception destroyed. Like because um, I when I first started and and like did, did my first touring dates. You know, and they said, okay, what's what do you want on your rider? And I was like, ooh, I've heard about this. I want a slab of ribs and I want, you know, <laughs> it was, I want uh, the, the, these hedonistic treats. <laughs> and then I, I went and did a few shows. And at some point, the, they were settling with me at the end of the night. And they said, you know, this and this. And here's, you know, here's how much we sold. Here's how much you get. Minus, you know, here's what we spent on your rider. And I was like, well, hold up, what? <laughs> like, because I had no idea that 
uh, that you pay for your own rider. I was like, oh no, you know, the Carnegie Hall just ha- they have the privilege of supplying my my hoagie. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I learned that it falls on you, then I was like, oh, uh, one water, please. That's all I need. I know it doesn't. I mean, sometimes people put those weird things on their rider just because they want to make sure that the promoter's reading it. So that's why right. it was like whatever uh, band, I think it was um, Van Halen didn't want the green M&Ms. It's only because they wanted to make sure that they were reading the rider so that they would have all of their um, equipment that they needed for to get the sound that they wanted. So that, that was the, they put those details in there just to make sure they would have, you know, everything else they needed. I love that. Um, Margaret, I'm so glad you could do the podcast. I'm so glad too. I hope you'll accept us as your new friends. I would love that. That would make me so happy. Yes, please. Okay, good. And if anyone tries to extradite you over that painting, oh, uh, we'll help. We're sorry in we'll advance. We'll help hide you. Yeah, we will. Thank you very much. We have an underground railroad for international art, art thieves. thieves. International art thieves. Who meant well. Yeah, yeah. who meant well. <laughs> <laughs> Not the evil ones, just the nice ones. Well, this has been another installment of In Bed with Nick and Megan. Thank you, Nick Offerman. Thank you, Margaret Cho. Thank you, honey. Good night. Good night. In Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. The Living Room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.